You can check us out on all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out our social media on Instagram at Menovation and Facebook at Menovation Podcast. Episode 37 of the one and only, sometimes bold. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Menovation. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to do a car intro, but Sunday, 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 you get 50% off your car. But anyways, on this episode of Menovation, we have our friend Anthony, who's going to come and talk about his journey from boy to man. Uh, he's still a, a young man. He's only 24. But he's going to share. He's going to share his journey just around all the things that he's been through. And he's just got such an impactful story. We talk so much on this show about the impactfulness of having a father. Uh, so Anthony's going to share around his journey around that and so forth. But uh, Anthony, welcome to the show. Yes, yes. You're in my basement. Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got rid of the chains hanging from the ceiling just for you. Oh. <laughs> so, so thoughtful, Joe. So thoughtful. Anyway, so yeah, his so life is lacking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so kick us off a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are. Give us like the elevator pitch of, of Anthony. Cool. And then we'll just kind of dive in and start unpacking your story a little bit and uh, hopefully get some some nuggets out to the, the audience. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. No, we're gonna is... call him Anthony or Coco throughout this whole thing. Well, what do either, you want? Either when. Okay. Either one is fine. One is good? Okay. My name is Anthony, aka Coco Bear. My number six one nine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am married. Oh. I am married. Boy, <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I'm a all around creative person. Uh, whether it be drawing, visual arts, uh, theater, dance, maybe a little bit of singing, rapping, whatever all that um i did taekwondo for like 10 years what? of my life no right yeah full of surprises wow Boy. okay um yeah i went to graphic design school for a year i got a two-year degree out of it how i do it just magic <laughs> just um, magic. <laughs> that good uh, yeah been a part of waking church obviously for a very long time nine years and counting um wow wow you know, a lot of stuff so where did you grow up at oh yeah well, I grew up in San Diego, California, um, in an area called uh, in an area called National City, and National City is in like the southeast uh, part of San Diego. You ever heard like Lecrae ever say like Southeast Dago in the building? Mm -hmm. That's what he's talking about. I just moved the mic a little bit. <laughs> that's, <laughs> southeast Dago. That's what he's talking about. Um, so you have the area skyline, Euclid. Avenue. Mm -hmm. They're on it's honestly not the best part of San Diego. It's actually like very bad. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's really bad. But growing up there, I kind of didn't realize it was a bad neighborhood because that was like all I knew. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um grew up in uh just a very old house in one of the neighborhoods with my mom, my grandma, and my uncle. That's like the only people that were like in my house. Mm. Um, so do you not have any siblings? No. Oh. Only child. Oh wow. Okay. I know, right? It's crazy. And it, it's funny because you hear like the whole thing about like an only child and like how like, oh wow, they come off very spoiled. They come mm. off very like, you know, like a certain way. Sure. And so many people are like, 
you don't have that vibe. You don't have yeah. that vibe of like you're so possessive over the things that are yours. And it's because because there wasn't a dad in the household and everyone in my house worked. I actually spent a lot of my time uh, when I was younger from about age two to three to like 13. I spent like in a neighborhood daycare. Mm. And so I was around a bunch of people that were basically like siblings. Like we fought, we played around, sure. had great times, had not so great times. The only benefit is that I didn't have to take them home with me. Yeah. <laughs> that was mm. the great thing. Six o'clock. All right. I'm by myself again. <laughs> so, yeah. And so that's just kind of how it was. It's just a very interesting way to grow up. I love my mom, grandma, uncle. I love everyone in that house. But it was it was a very interesting dynamic. I felt like we were all kind of like our own people in mm-hmm. a way to where we would do stuff together on on occasions. But I feel like we grew up in such a way where literally as like I grew up, uh, kind of just spent time just doing our own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of times a family dinner wasn't really a thing in my house. It was like, all right, we have dinner. I'm going to go to my room and watch TV. Like, mm-hmm. That was, you know, family events were usually those big holiday moments. And that they were just that. And so I felt like a lot of the time I kind of just was alone by myself to my thoughts or TV was raising me. Mm. Or yeah, yeah, I was yeah. in a, yeah, I was just in the daycare having some shenanigans with the other kids. <laughs> mm. And so that, yeah, that's kind of how grew up a little bit. Um, went to the neighborhood school and I realized I actually like creative stuff. Like I grew up like drawing and yeah. people saying you're better than most people. And so yeah, that yeah. was always a vibe. And literally like through elementary, I discovered my love for like theater mm. and like musical theater and dance. And I didn't care what people thought um, because in the neighborhood that I was in, doing those creative arts, people would think, oh, then you're, you must be gay. Or, like, wow. all these, like, hmm. different things. Or, like, growing up, a lot of the friends I had were girls. And so I, I had a hard time connecting with guys because I wasn't always interested in the typical, stereotypical stuff that guys— was like, you're pretty tall. Yeah. So, like, no, no sports was really your thing? Yeah, no. So that was always the hugest misconception when yeah. it came yeah. to me. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're tall. And I've always been tall. That's mm. the thing. Like, I have, the, I, have a, I have a picture of, like, my first day of kindergarten. Kid you not. There's, like, I think about, like, five <laughs> or six people in the in the photo. And literally every kid's the same height. And then you get it's to like, me. So it's, it's like, all right, <laughs> let's go. There's, like, four foot eight, four foot eight. Five feet. (laughs) Literally, like, everyone's the same size except for me. And so everyone always kind of approached, oh, you must be good at basketball. Or, oh, you must be good at football. When that was, like, further from the case. Yeah. I was was just just like, that's not my jam. And luckily, I was able to find what is that I was passionate about. And I, But it did feel a little bit weird kind of knowing that the stereotypical stuff that guys usually enjoy, usually talk about, usually have so much knowledge on. I was nowhere near it. It wasn't your jam. It just, it never interested me. I was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, this is kind of boring. I'm going to. What are you, six foot four, six foot five? Yeah, six foot five. Yeah, and your wife's like five foot two? <laughs> She's five foot four. Five foot four, okay. Sorry. <laughs> She's just a little bit more. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, how did you, without 
without necessarily having okay, so let me back up. No. Uh, would you say your uncle did he fulfill any of that father figure in you or like a, a man uh, role model? I think to as the way that he was able to do it and the way that he knew how. Sure. I think in, in certain instances, but the thing about my uncle, I love my uncle. He's he was always working a, mm. a, a good mm-hmm. portion of like my life. He was always working the, the night. So we slept in the mornings sure. or vice versa. And so there were certain things that we tried to do. Like, I think he, I think he was the one actually to teach me how to ride a bike. Okay. Um, but that took a while because they had to fit time in, in the schedule. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was the person that initially was teaching me how to drive, but that was the thing. It just was so much of a process to get to um, that it just wasn't always, it didn't always work out. And, but I love him. Like he's, he's so awesome. I remember he would drive me to school like throughout middle school and, and high school. And that was a lot of the time where we got to connect and really bond. And we yeah, just yeah. talked about music and what was going on on the news. And, yeah, yeah. and so those are moments I really cherish with him. Cause it's just, it was great. But to an extent, yes, but a lot, yeah. a lot of times, no. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have, do you have, uh, usually when we spend time with someone, we are able to uh, capture moments and then we reflect those, those moments in our life. You know, it seems like to me, like that was the influence that you received. Did you, did you capture part of him? Do you see now him being your example do you see yourself now doing things that he used to do like working hard or um i see there's a little bit of me in him like he 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 works very hard and so that's something i take a little bit of him but then there's moments where he's often a little shy and he kind of just keeps to himself a little bit and so me growing up in a house where i'm basically I'm with people, but I'm not really with people. And I'm kind of just alone by myself. That's, I think, a part that I've kind of taken. And that's something I still, I think, deal with to a huge extent today of learning, like, hang out with people. Yeah. Like, constantly do something. So it's, because it's one of those things where for me, there's this thing I think called like hermit kind of syndrome Mm -hmm. where you're kind of just able to like, you can be left alone for however amount of time you can, and you can be, like, completely fine. Mm. I feel like I'm, like, one of those people, but that's such a dangerous thing. Oh, absolutely. A lot of times. And especially when you don't have people around in the vicinity, you know, it just doesn't always lead to it. So there's certain things I I feel like I've taken that I've Mm -hmm. I've liked, and there's some things that I'm like, I don't necessarily like that, like, um, in life where... He still lives with my mom and my grandma, and that's great and it's awesome. Sure. But that's something that I'm like, I want to move out. I want to when I I want to have a family, and if I have a family, I don't necessarily want it to be in this house. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in this very small house. Like, yeah. so so that was something that I've always was like, that's something that I want to do. I want to be able to kind of break certain things for myself. Yeah, yeah. With no disrespect to them, I just like yeah. that's something. In order for me to, I think, to be truly happy and to do the things I really want to do and see the things I want to see, there's some things I have to kind of. Absolutely. Break away from. Right. Yeah, and totally. So, yeah. <laughs> How was your relationship with your mom, would you say? She is awesome. She's so cool. She's, in a way, she's kind of like me. 
um, only she talks more. <laughs> like, I can talk a lot, but my mom can, like, really talk a lot. Yeah. Really? Um, huh. yeah. So, like, a lot of our conversations that we've ever had, whether it be about music or what's going on in the world or just whatever TV show we're watching, mm-hmm. it can go on for, like, hours and hours and hours. And that's something I always love about my mom. She, she worked a lot. In my early years, but I always saw her. It was never like we struggled for anything, at least like my eyes. I always felt like if I wanted something for Christmas or for my birthday, she was able to get it. And there was no hassle about it. So I never felt like I was in lack of anything. Um, There were, I think, times that I don't think I could always feel like I could talk about certain things with her because I never felt like she would fully understand. (laughs) So whether it be about like, Puberty or like, yeah, you know, just like hormones, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I felt like there are certain things that like I just wasn't able to talk about or things we just probably just didn't talk about. Um, uh, like even just like even to this day, I think even like who is my dad? All that stuff. Like that's something I think even as I eventually become a father, that's something that's another bridge I'm going to have to kind of hurdle a little bit. Um but other than that, like, she is awesome, so supportive. Awesome. Yeah. Just, yeah. she She's, yeah. She's her own, own person. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that you had any other father figures in your life or maybe someone who filled that role a little bit other than your uncle? Um, Once I started coming to Awaken, that's when I found other people. And that was hard because, you know, that's not something I feel like you outwardly say or seek, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just something that is kind of apparent um, as you go through life that like, oh, you didn't really have people help you with this. Yeah. You yeah. Really have people right. help you with that. And so there, there are a couple of people in Awaken that kind of have felt, filled that role to like a certain extent, like a pastor, Kenny Robbins. He was like uh, one of the first uh, youth pastors that I had and, was someone that would take the time as like as he was discipling me, just like, hey, what's going on? Sure. What like awesome. are you doing? How can we help you get from A to B? Things like that. And then like other people in the church, like Jeff Forbes, um, and Andre Johnson. There, there's been countless people that have kind of had a great influence on my life or are like certain things that we go through or certain things they're very similar. And so, because they're so far ahead in the game, they're great at, like, giving advice about, hey, this is something you may experience later on. Like, you speak directly to it. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, okay, you dating a white woman. Like, it's great here. Love it. But you might get some flack sometimes. Or, like, or if you have kids, like, you know, if you're in a public outing with them, people may look at you funny a little bit or may think that (laughs) yours. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. So, just certain things to navigate where, where to go, where not to go. Like... And so I've had a lot of great people that have kind of taken that mantle on or taken pieces of it throughout my life. And I'm really appreciative. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, So when did you start going to Wake and how old were you? I was 15. 15. I was 15 years old. And like even to like backtrack on that, um, I went to church like as a kid, but it was something that always kind of confused me. Because I wasn't like I, I went to like a kid's church. I was in like the main service and went to like this loud oh. like Baptist church. Sure. But it was like this like a new, like vibrant Baptist church. And I was like, why is the music so loud? 
why are we eating a cracker and some juice? Like, what yeah, is yeah. this? Every, like, they had, what, they would have the choir sing and they would have like the little like song sheets with the lyrics on them. Could never really follow along or like turn your Bibles to Proverbs 27 verse blah, blah, blah. And I would be flipping through the Bible and I'm like, I would pretend like I was following along and I was completely lost. (laughs) Why is my mom giving me a dollar? Why am I putting it in the basket? Why aren't we keeping this for ourselves? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) When people were giving their lives, which I didn't realize and going uh, on the altar or going into a room, I'm thinking, oh, they're leaving. Mom, let's go. Come on, they're leaving early. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is going to be so great. Why aren't we leaving? It just was a huge thing where I, I left with more questions than answers to the point where when I was 10, I told my mom, like, yeah, I still believe in God. I still believe in Jesus. Sure. But yeah, I'm not going to go to church. Yeah, and surprisingly, yeah. she let me do that. And um, it, it sounded great in theory, like on Sundays, being able to sleep in and just kind of do whatever I want. But in honesty, it was kind of lonely because there's no one in the house. I kind of, again, I already spent 90% of my time alone anyway throughout yeah. most of my life. So it kind of just added to that to the point where I started having questions. Why am I here? What's my purpose? Where do I fit in in this big blue ball that we call planet Earth? It just was like this huge thing where I'm like, I don't know. And I was able to kind of, you know, just make my way and kind of just do whatever, but still feel like, I feel like there's something missing. And it wasn't until like I was in high school in a PE class where I met my friend Deshaun. Who, oh, you went to school? So Deshaun. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cause we went to a performing arts school. And so I went there for oh, like okay. middle school and high school. So seven years. But Deshaun and Dakota, they both came in freshman gotcha. year. And um, I was hanging out with Deshaun because everyone just loved Deshaun. He was just so cool. Sure. And we're hanging out at PE. And he was, we were just talking, just having normal conversations. But he was like, hey, do you believe in God? I was like, yeah, I do. You know, I just, I, I didn't have a, a great experience at church. And I went to another church prior to that one time when my friend who was super depressed started to go to church. And I was like, I'm going to fully support you. Go. But I never felt fully welcome. It felt like I got introduced to everybody. Everyone knew my name, in a sense, because I had a name tag. But that was it. There was no further connection. So I felt like strike two on church. So for him, it was just like, yeah, I believe, but I'm not really into going to church. He was like, well, that's cool. It was like me and a couple other people, we have this club at our school, which was connected to Awaken at the time. And... He was just like, yeah, we have it every Wednesday. We talk about the Bible, talk about all this stuff. It's really cool. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to really do jam. that. And he's like, well, here's the thing. All right, try it out. See for yourself. If you don't like it, you don't have to come back. Yep. And I'm like, you know what? That's a good deal. You're actually cool because a lot of Christians I knew were kind of weird. Yeah. And so I was like, you're actually normal. So I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Um. And so I remember going on a Wednesday, it was during lunchtime and freaking loving it. I thought it was like so cool. Yeah. And like they were telling these stories from the Bible, but they were relating it to like my life and yeah. like just things that were going on now. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like I never heard it preached that way. And uh, it just was the first time where like, I think the Bible was really coming alive and to where I'm like, this is cool. So every Wednesday I would go so much so that like I would bring my lunch to school. So I would beat them there (laughs) and and then it wasn't until like i think 
I, I was going for about maybe like two years. And that's when I started going to the church. Oh, wow. Because at that time, they only had, they had two campuses. It was Brusty Ranch campus and they had Balboa. But Balboa was in uh, middle school. Oh. It, it was in Carmel Valley Middle School. So the only actual physical campus they had was Bressy. That was okay. the mm-hmm. only one or North Campus for all you oldies that are listening. Um, and so they, youth, they had it on a Wednesday night. And so the biggest thing was that I live in National City. Church is in Carlsbad. How do I get there? How far is that? Far? No. It's far? like, I would say, uh, I'm, now I'm roughing it because it, it's been a minute, but I feel like 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. And so mm-hmm. it, 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 it's far when you don't have a car and yeah, all yeah. these things. But luckily, they provided rides. And so I remember telling my mom one time, because that was the biggest issue. I'm like, I don't know. And I get there, but my mom was like, Oh, going to church? That sounds fun. And he was just like, yeah, but it's in Carlsbad. I was like, oh. He was like, well, do you have a ride? And he was like, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> and so I was like, there was never any other issue from that. But I remember going for the first time, going to a youth service. And I just remember all the preconceived notions, all the hangups I had had previously with experiences at church, whether it be worship, whether it be experiencing God, being like, I can't physically see because that was always the hugest hang up a little bit, but I like still believed um, all, all that stuff. I had to kind of just put that in the back of my mind. And at, like at 15 years old, I was like, I just got to go in with a fresh perspective and try to experience the most I can in yeah. this moment. Yeah. Whatever I dealt with, whatever hangups I had, I'm going to try to let that go so I can really try to experience everything. So if that means like I see everyone jumping during praise, that looks fun. I'm going to go do that. They're saying lift your hands in worship. Yeah, I'm gonna lift my hands. Just pressed in, Mm -hmm. and and that's which is cool because it allowed walls to come down, and for me to experience that in in ways that I didn't think were possible. But afterwards, uh, Pastor David Chittick, who was leading youth at the time, um, he preached a word, gave an altar call, and I gave my life to Jesus there. And I just remember afterwards, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're so awesome. You're so cool. And I'm like, what did I do? Like, what? Why am I so awesome? Like, I've never really heard that. Were you 15 at this time? 15. I was 15 at that time. And I gave my life to Christ. And I just started coming consistently. And my first emerge was that year. Because I I started showing up at like February. Uh Uh-huh. Merge was uh, in March. Actually, snuck in. <laughs> well, because I found out last minute. I found out yeah, yeah. like so last minute. Uh, they were talking about it, but by that point, everyone had already pretty much bought their ticket. Deshaun had to convince my mom, yeah, to let me go. Although, because I w- I knew I wasn't going, yeah. Um, but my mom was like, "All right, here's the money to go to Merge." So I just said, "But me and Deshaun, we ended up kind of just sneaking in, and it was early enough to where you kind of could." <laughs> It was like 2013. That's so it was awesome. Like, and just going, being like, yeah, we're on the list. We're, we're, we're on the, we're like, we're there. And like, just grab a burden, grab a yeah, yeah. <laughs> wristband, bandana, just get out of here. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, I didn't realize, but we snuck onto Pastor Jurgen's team. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> because we were, we were friends with, um, his son, Ash. Oh, okay. And I, but I didn't know that they were related or anything like that. Yeah. There was so much that was going on, but I like that opened just a whole new trajectory of how I lived my life. And 
where where things went and how that influenced me even being in high school for the remainder of like yeah so how did you get plugged into going to perform an art school so yeah literally so yeah because when you you and dakota i was like what you went to what yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. well like i mean i grew up drawing since i was four and so and that was something that i just loved doing i would just draw everything something i would see on tv whether it be something outside and the daycare people realized that the people at my school like realized like oh you're like really good at this and so my mom signed me up for art classes, which I didn't like at the time, but I super appreciate it because it gave me all the foundational stuff yeah. that I still use today. Um, so that was always a big prominent in my life. And then when I was in third grade, the school I went to it was an elementary school, but they specifically branded themselves Valencia Park a Center for Academics, Drama, and Dance. Now it's just Valencia Park Elementary, so it's kind of boring. But back then, they <laughs> advertised academic drama in dance yeah and so wow. i remember seeing a, a performance of annie at, at my school okay. and i just was nice. like this is so cool and i'm like i want to do that that sounds fun and we had dance productions i'm like that sounds fun too and those are always the classes that we had that i'm like these are fun so i would go and do that so i would do uh for the school dance productions, I would do the drama productions. I did like Charlotte's Web, uh, Secret Garden. And when I left the school, it was like, I think it was like fifth grade. I, we did High School Musical. because it was that, that movie was big at yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah. And my original plan after that school was to go to the neighborhood school called O'Farrell, which was a middle school. Just do that and then go to my mom's alma mater, Morris High School. Okay. That was the plan. Just go from there, middle school, high school, be done, whatever. The friends I was hanging out with, they were all talking about this school called SCPA, School of Creative and Performing Arts. And like all these things like, yeah, there's a dance program, there's drama program, like what, what? And there's music. I was like, oh, that's cool. And it was like, there's art. I'm like, there's art? Because wow. <laughs> I was so like yeah. into drawing and all that stuff. And I was like, this is so cool. This is great. And the best part, there's no uniform. Because my elementary school got uh, whack the last year. We had, like most schools, we all have uniforms. But they didn't make it mandatory until we got a new principal in fifth grade. So then we had to wear uniform. And then the middle school, it was strictly uniform. You had to wear it all day, every day. But you go to like a performing arts school, like a creative school, and have to wear uniform. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. where it was like, no. like yeah. the, the, the best part about that school was like there was no uniform. And so I was like... There's art programs and there's no uniform. Come on. Sold. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I was already registered to go to the neighborhood middle school. Like it was already set up like September. My name's on the list. But I told my mom, I'm like, mom, I want to go to the school, SCPA. It's a creative performing arts school. Like, and at that time for middle school, it was because in a way it was almost like a private school because it was like you had to register to go. But it was almost like a raffle. So there was no guarantee that you would get in. Yeah. And yeah. so there's all these little hoops and things you kind of had to jump through. Luckily, I was able to get through and go my sixth grade year. I went all the way sixth uh, through eighth. And then by the time you get to eighth grade, if you want to continue going to the school, you have to audition to get into the high school. So you couldn't just be like, oh, yeah, I went here for middle school. No, it doesn't slide. Because wow. at that point, it's like the only performing arts high school in the city. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, you have all these kids that want to go here. They're going to try to take your spot. And so it's literally like 
whatever you did, you had to be the best. Yeah. So they prepped you that that eighth grade year, like, hey, if you want to keep going, you gotta make sure your stuff's on point. So if you're uh in visual arts, make sure your portfolio is great. If you're acting, make sure that monologue is like perfect. Music, every note, singing, every note, perfect. Like you have to make sure you're you're like on your P's and Q's for it. Yeah. Because I knew some people that I went to middle school with that auditioned to go to high school. They didn't get in. I wow. knew some people. And it was hard. They got to re-audition to come back. Sure. It, it, it's in, it's insane. So did you have to have a, like a creative arts portfolio? Yeah. So I, cause I auditioned with visual arts. Okay. So like I had to have a portfolio, I think of like eight to 15 pieces, um, all in like maybe different styles just to see what they were working with. And yeah. then not only did I have my portfolio that had all that stuff, we had like, um, an actual audition inside one of the art classes where there was like, uh, still life that we had to do. There was like a whole setup, like full of like, you know, fruits and stuff on a table. And so you had to do like the standard legit drawing. So you had to, yeah. you had to draw. They gave you maybe like, I think 40 minutes, maybe, uh-huh. maybe an hour. And that's it. Well, they go and review your portfolio. So they take that, your, your in-house kind of like exam. Yeah, your audition or whatever. And your portfolio. And they make their decision. I got in, wow, so, and which was great. I loved it and got to continue on, on out there. And even throughout senior year, you had your, you know, you have your, you know, your PSATs, your SATs, high school, like, exit exam. We had this thing called, um, forget what it's called, but it was basically another exit exam was through our arts. So there was this big senior, like, project Whatever major you were in, you had to do it. And if that was a part of your graduation requirement. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. A way. So it was like something extra. That's cool. But it, it was it was a lot of fun. I don't think I could trade for anything else. Yeah. How did you navigate just like your your confidence as a young man during this whole time? Like with you know, with with performing arts, with drawing, with, with girls, with friends, like how did you kind of navigate this without necessarily having that central father figure? Oh, that was hard. I like, cause I don't think I really had it. Mm. That was the thing I looked, especially during middle school, I looked a lot for approval because the middle school was this whole new ball game. It wasn't like I grew up in Valencia park. I knew all the kids there. Great. By the time you're, you're, at the end of your realm with elementary, you're the big fish in the pond. Yeah. Now, going into middle school, you're like a small fish in this giant pond. And to top it all off, it isn't just a middle school. It's also a high school. So in a way, mm. my first day in middle school is my first day of high school because yeah. I'm surrounded by like this huge place. And so for me, I had friends coming into the school that I was close with. But the thing is, is that it's this, it's a whole new world. And so it's something you have to navigate. So me being in class, I'm a tall kid. Um, I would constantly wear a hat, um, like a beanie. My voice hadn't dropped yet. So it was prone to like ridicule. Plus sure. I'm not always interested in all the stuff that guys are normally into. So I'm constantly trying to figure out who I am, who I'm going to hang out with, who are going to be like my friends. Yeah. Away. And so yeah. that was for the first couple years it was kind of hard especially that sixth grade year because i constantly seeked approval from people but almost to the point where i was trying too hard and it wasn't until i think 
I got to like eighth grade, really in high school, where I kind of just stopped caring. Yeah. At that point, by the time I, because you have people that are deemed popular, sure. and they kind of hold themselves that way and that standard, and we're going to be mean just for mean sake, for no reason. Yeah. Once you got to high school, we've, we realized the people that want to be at this school want to be at this school. So if you are still trying to be mean and you still want to go to the school, you might as well not because they all left and Everybody went to regular high school. Yeah, yeah. So like by ninth grade, I kind of just was like, why am I worried about this? This is stupid. This sucks. And so I made it my goal, like ninth grade. I'm like, I'm not going to care what anybody thinks of me. I'm not going to have that pressure on me. And whether that was a full healthy thing um, is up for debate. But at that point, Constantly caring about it only made things worse. And by that point, I found friends that actually liked me for me, had similar interests. We could hang around, goof around. I had a girlfriend at that time that wasn't my wife. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was just like, oh, I'm so cool. I'm like, I don't care what anybody thinks. And so it definitely morphed over time. So the question that, that you asked, that's what I was, how... That's what that what is in my mind right now. How do you avoid all those influences when you were little? You know that mm. um, that because there, I know about people that not having a father, they just look for good friends. You know what apparently are good friends, and that they ended up in drugs and alcohol. How do you avoid those uh, kind of influences? Did you have it, or or when was the time when you when you realized that those things are not good for your future? So I actually, like, I never dabbled in drugs, never dabbled wow. in alcohol. Um, yeah, I never got hooked on any hard drugs or narcotics. Like, I knew people that did. Yeah. Um, or got caught up in, like, like gang life and had people, like, go to juvenile or whatever. That was never me because I that was never, I think, my character. And, and so, and having... Here's here's the thing. Although I felt like I grew up alone a lot of the times, my mom still had a great influence. My grandma, my uncle still had a great influence on me to where I realized that people trying to be hard, people, the things that people thought were cool, this is what they're doing. That never really was me. And I never felt like I had to peer pressured into it. Not saying that I was fully confident. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do this. Sure. I was mm -hmm. still very timid. I'm like, oh, I don't think we should do this. I was always kind of the voice of reason in whatever friend group I was in. And so luckily knowing just that I didn't want this for me, whether that be smoking, whether that be drinking, sex, whatever, I didn't really want that per se. At, at, the, at those ages, I kind of just was like, all right, this is what I'm focused on. This is what I'm interested in. And I'm just going to keep doing that. I'm going to just put my head down and do that stuff. And so hopefully people will just leave me alone <laughs> if they try to get me to do that stuff. And I think all, what was great is that people in the neighborhood knew I was a good kid too. So I think knowing people recognize, oh, these are really good kids. We're going to try to keep them good kids, you know? And mm -hmm. in, in, in that sense, but also just finding friends that actually liked me for me, had the same interests as me. So I never had to feel like I had to prove myself to other people and look for other people's validation and be like, hey, 
this is what everyone thinks is cool. Okay, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that. I'm like, once I found people, I'm like, no, they actually think I'm cool. I don't have to impress them. I don't have to put on a show for them. No, we can just talk about stuff. Like they don't have to do that for me, but they're there for me and vice versa. That's cool. And that's how I was kind of. I feel like that's an anomaly. I feel like, yeah. I I think the difference is there was purpose and there was community. Yeah, yeah. Because he had the arts that he was kind of pursuing after and and all of that other stuff was distractions that he didn't need. Yeah, yeah. And I I think that speaks volumes on, you know, having a purpose in your life. I think it speaks volumes on not only your mom, but your extended family as well. Yes. Because, I mean... We're encouraging you. Yeah, I mean, growing up in maybe not the best neighborhood or poverty, like I know from my life, you know, I had good influences, but it was so easy. Like I had a, mm-hmm. a, a journey with that. And then like you take a step back and like, I don't want this. Like you're going to juvie, you're doing these things, right? But I also noticed as, as messed up maybe as my family life was, I still give my family credit because it was still way better than some people's families, right? Like my family wasn't in a jail. I mean, they had their own struggles with drugs, but it wasn't quite to that level. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, like, and, and that's the thing that I was kind of, because I would spend a lot of time at my other friends' houses mm. growing up. Once I hit middle school age, like, either they would come over to my house or I would go over to other people's houses. And I had a couple of friends that I grew up with that I, I knew from elementary school. and They were, like, really good friends. But my mom always noticed, because I would go over to their house, but nine times out of ten, they always wanted to come to my house. Wow. They mm. always wanted to come to my house yeah. because even though I didn't have a, down in the house, whatever, they just felt like they were so taken care of there. So wow. whenever they came over, it was almost like an event. Like we had the pizza, we had the soda, we had all the good food. We had the Nintendo Wii plugged up for Smash Bros. Like, oh, it, like or like yeah. the Wii Sport. We it was always an event, or like we were watching something on TV. So they not only was my friend wanting to come, he would bring his brothers and we just have a great time. We always had fun. But my mom always noticed that. Because their home life wasn't always the best. Now, they had a mother. They had a father. They had other siblings. But the thing is, is that they were, sadly, they experienced a lot of things growing up that just wasn't the best, that led them in situations that they probably shouldn't have been in. So, like, one of the brothers they got is super on marijuana, and that's just what it is. The friend that I really was really close with, the last time I saw him, I think he was going to court. Or something like I think uh he had just went to court for something, maybe like he's getting out of juvie or whatever. But the last time I saw him, he was preparing to go to another court case. Mm. Wow. And so my mom always kind of just knew because I would go over there and hang out with them and see their life. They didn't always have a lot of food in the fridge. Um like it wasn't like I saw like violence and everything like that, but there's just like, whether it be the video games that we were playing or, you know, they had BB guns in the house or whatever, or the music that they were listening to, you can just tell that, I mean, there were good people, but it sure. just was, it, it just was a, a different type of influence. And so my mom always peeped that and always kind of knew that like- it's wisdom right there. She, yeah. she just knew that yeah. she was like, there's mm-hmm. a reason why they always want to come here. Whenever it was a sleepover, it wasn't like, oh yeah, you're coming over here. They wanted to come over to our house like every week. Wow. And, yeah, that's what I want to say. How do you, I mean, how do you duplicate that 
how do we capture well, you talked that? About we a little bit about that, like taking yeah. an interest. This was a couple episodes ago, yeah. taking an interest in your kids' friends, taking mm-hmm. like yeah. inviting yeah. them yeah. over. Yeah. You know those types of things. That's Get kind of no. Very yeah. similar what right. you're talking but, but, about. Uh, this big, Anthony. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm. I don't know. I haven't met your mom, or I think I met her. She, she, I think she came, right? Does she, does she go to Lincoln? She, she, she goes to Lincoln. She hasn't been out to Salt Lake City yet. She okay. hasn't been oh, out to Salt Lake City yet. But she, she's definitely come. She loves the shows. Yeah. She yeah, loves yeah, the yeah, shows. Yeah. And she has such a great time. She's shown by her friends. So, to, and she's been to services. She's, she's there is something yeah. powerful there that, that I, I would like to talk about it, you know, in the next episode. Like, what is, there's something that we need to share here because the, I know Anthony and he, he's amazing. And, and, I mean, be not having a father, I I can't even imagine, you know. Yeah. And and you are you are amazing. So as you said, there is a lot that your mom did, that I think needs to be duplicated and or, or you know right. exposed to everybody because a lot of moms they're single today, and they don't know how to how to raise the yeah. kids, you know, without a father. Yeah. That's a, that's difficult. I think that this episode's already over. Oh, wow. I told you, like, it's going to fly by. So we're going to unpack all of that. And yes. I want to know in the next episode, obviously, like how you think it really influenced you. What would you tell other maybe single moms, like those types of things from your perspective. And I also want to know just how you navigated. Uh, I just had this thought, like a little bit of cultural aspect, right? Because, and I could be totally off base, but I wonder, because you're taller, right? You're a bigger guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're black. And like you said, that that puts you in this box sometimes. Yeah. And how you navigated that, like I'm a creative, you know, I want to do drama, I want to do those things. Uh, but I want to know about all of yeah. that in this next episode. So yeah. this was episode 37. Make sure you check us out on iTunes, Spotify, all those places, leave a review, check us out on Instagram, uh, check us out on YouTube. We're everywhere. Leave us a five-star review. You know you love it. Do not miss episode 38 with Anthony because we're going to get in some really, really good stuff. But we out.